Hi, everyone, and welcome to Behind the Numbers. My name is Dave Bookbinder, and welcome back to the program where we dig deeper to understand what really matters most in business. Today, we're going to be talking about how to strategically grow your authority as an expert in your industry. I'm pleased to welcome Beata Shillet, who is the growth architect. Beata, welcome to Behind the Numbers. I'm so excited to be here, Dave. It's my pleasure, and I'm so excited to learn, first and foremost, what is a growth architect? A growth architect is somebody who looks at business very much like building a house. And I design the blueprints that you need to build the proper foundation, frame it properly, and then set up the house so it doesn't collapse or fall down at the sign of a first storm or bad weather. And then you get to furnish it any way you want. Interesting way to describe that. So if you don't mind, let's kind of unpack a little bit of what you just said there and talk about how are you building that foundation? What does that mean? Help us connect the dots here from the conceptual framework that you just laid out so that we can understand it as a business application. Yes, happy to. So most of the time, what I see is when somebody is building a business that they are understanding innately or because they've taught, they taught themselves, it took some lessons, they understand certain elements of building a business, but they don't know all of the elements and they don't know which order that they come in. So as the growth architect, we designed something that we call the five-star success blueprint. And in this five-star success blueprint, we outlined the logical chronological steps that every business owner needs to take to go through building their business cohesively. And if you'd like to, Dave, I can just quickly take you through those. I'd be remiss if I didn't let you. So yeah, please do. <laughs> I know a little cliffhanger here for the audience. <laughs> yeah, right. No, don't, don't bother. So yeah. <laughs> number one, you want to start with the idea, the idea of what is a concept, who are you selling to, what is your ideal client avatar, and most importantly, what problem are they having? Number two, you now go to the, to the offer only when you have the idea flushed out and your avatar are you allowed to create an offer? Because the offer needs to solve the problem that we identified in the first step. Once, once you have the offer, now you start building your business systems, delivery mechanisms, project management, um, how we actually work internally in the company, all the systems that we need, client attraction systems, everything goes into that. Then the fourth step is building your team. Only when you've built the systems, then you start building your teams because you need then to know who do you need to operate the systems that manage the offer that solves the problem for the client. And finally, the fifth one is you as a leader. That's why we look at you. What kind of leader do you need to be to run the team that operates the systems that presents the offer as a solution to your clients? Yeah, pretty straightforward and, and complex, yet at the same time, um, if that makes sense. It's very nuanced. And, and I'm going to jump to number three. I was trying to scribble down uh, all five. And as you were talking about the first two, I thought my, my instinct is most people can sort of get to those two. But system struck me as, as an area where there may be a hiccup. Maybe I'm wrong. I'll let you certainly uh, respond to that. But yeah, in either case, I would love for you to explain more of the systemization of this process. Yes. So the system has a triangle that you sort of want to overlay over your operation. So number one is the overall strategy. Where's the business going? 
If you are running a laptop lifestyle business, your business model is going to be very different versus you saying, I want to be the world leader in my category. I want to be in New York. I want to be in Atlanta. I want to be in Los Angeles. Then we need to build that business model very differently. So first you have to identify what is it that you even want? What's the strategy that we need to reverse engineer from your goal back to the starting point where you are at. So I want you to imagine that if we're in New York and we're going in the subway, we're looking at the red dot that says you are here. And then you already know where you want to go. Let's say you're a tourist, you want to go to the Empire State Building or you uh, want to go to the Guggenheim. So you have with these two dots, you know exactly what your different alternatives are to get from your from your starting point to your destination. So that's very much how our strategy works as well. You set the strategy, which is your which is your destination. You know where you are, and then we can map this out. That's what we need to build then the systems for, because then what we when we know where we are going, then we know what size of system that we need. We need whatever a customer relationship management system, we need a project management system. How do we bring a clients into the pipeline? What system are we using? What's our marketing and, and promotion system? So we look at every different element that we need in this model to go there. And the authority platform piece is the client attraction system because you need to, you know, as you're building this, build it in mind with getting clients consistently. Yeah, and I'm going to explore the the authority component in a moment here because that's what I introduced at the top of the show is the real theme. But I think before we can get there, I want to just unpack strategy a little bit because when you use that analogy of the subway, um, you're going to go to A to B. You know where A, you know where you are, and you know where you need to to go. But when you think about in terms of business strategy. Um, Oftentimes, there isn't just one clear-cut way to approach things. And certainly, if, if there is in a particular time, there's got to be a flexibility component to handle contingencies. Can you speak to the, the strategy aspect, Beata, and, and what the alternatives might look like? I like a lot that you just mentioned that, please, when you do have a strategy, please don't marry it and then think you, you're going to have to stay together for the rest of your lives no matter what. Strategies very much are exactly what you said. Strategies are guidelines that we say, okay, at the moment we are in right now under the current market conditions, we are making these following assumptions. And based on these assumptions, our direction is to go to X. But then what oftentimes happens, life happens, business happens, and something, some, some, an opportunity comes up. And you go, well, that will change our strategy a little bit. So yes, the, it is designed with a certain amount of flexibility to pick a strategy that is the right strategy for you today at this moment. But you have to be aware that things are changing. I'm going to give you an example for that. So when a lot of businesses before COVID were doing business in a particular way, then there was a catastrophic event that shut every physical location down. So the strategy of every single business had to be changed overnight into a new model and new strategies. How do we get people uh, to work from home? How do we give them the computers? How we do all of these different things? So that's just what you do. And then the strategy changes. 
Now that we are in an economic uh, change again in the market in the aftermath of all of uh, all of this, companies once again have to change their strategy, their hiring strategies, the way they they do business because the market conditions once again have changed. So when you have a strategy, you pick one that makes the most sense for you for today, but you want to have the flexibility to make the changes if market conditions adjust or fluctuate. Gotcha. Let's move into the growing your authority component. Talk a little bit about how do we do that and is it right for everyone to pursue that as their, their goal? Yes, everybody needs to be an authority. And what I mean by authority, please don't mistake authority for influencer or celebrity. Because a lot of people think that uh, being an being insta famous or being a uh, going viral is the goal when you scroll and let's just be real here dave when we scroll through our feed when you see talking heads like you know you and i are talking right now it's like three things you need to the five things they don't right so it's like just talking 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 and then there's a cat that skis you stop <laughs> at the cat that skis and you go that is the coolest thing i've ever seen it's a cat with 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 goggles on the ski slopes now i'm watching for five minutes this cat skiing i'm not watching any of the talking heads it's not interesting so when you build authority you need to be clear that the chances of you being a talking head and becoming insta famous are very very limited liberated like that now you can be very deliberate about your content creation and say, where do I need to be? Where my clients are? What are the problems that they're having? And then how do I need to show up to be in front of them consistently to build my engagement, to build my visibility, to build trust? And then how Am I taking this authority, this industry expert status that I'm building, and how am I going to build this pipeline on how do I convert them to come to me? Now, a lot of people say, you know, now you built the funnels and the lead generation. You know, we, we do executive roundtables. We do podcast guesting. We do podcast hosting. We have an Instagram campaign. We have lots of different outreach campaigns. So we run four of them simultaneously all, at all times. But authority means that you are claiming your mark as an industry expert by showing up as an industry expert would. And we're going to take a deeper dive into that, but we've got to take a break here. But before we do, Beata, just tell the audience quickly how they can find you, uh, how they can connect, can connect with you if they want to work with you or just learn more. You can find me at uh, under Beata Chalette all across social media or The Growth Architect. You can visit my website at beatachalette.com and uh, reach out and let me know if you'd like to have a conversation around strategies or systems or authority platform building. That sounds great. Beata, don't go anywhere. We have got to pay a few bills here. And you watching and listening, sit tight. We'll be right back on Behind the Numbers after this quick break. Good. It didn't garnish. On the Chowdown Network. We can't wait to talk. 
<laughs> Why are your mittens still on? She says. Please, God. That's weird. Try your food. It's much better than our ability to actually do a take on television. We got you covered. Help me. <laughs> Trust me. I can cook way better than I can act. Roll sound. Sound production take two. Hi, I'm Kelly Lyons, the host of The Gourmet Mama. Rosemary chicken, made in 25 minutes. And we have this and many other recipes to feed your family wholesome, clean, delicious food that you can get done in 30 minutes or less. So whether you're making dinner at night or planning for a big dinner party at your house on the weekends, we got you covered. We have recipes on RVN Television and we will be featured on the Chowdown Network at rvntelevision.tv. And welcome back to Behind the Numbers. I'm Dave Bookbinder, and today we're talking with Beata Shillette, the growth architect. Beata, welcome back to the second round here on Behind the Numbers. I um, want to continue glad, with the glad theme. Glad to be here and, and glad to continue the conversation, Dave. Yeah, I want to continue that conversation. We were talking about growing your authority before we went to the commercial break. Uh, and you mentioned that everyone should pursue becoming an authority, not a celebrity, not an influencer, but becoming a th an authority in their space. So it certainly begs the question, how do we do that? How do we do it effectively? How do we do it quickly? Yes. Um, so, so number one, I want to start with something that seems to be really obvious to me, but maybe not obvious to everybody. You are an authority when you claim that you are an authority on your subject and in your industry. You have a right to be here. You've done, you've done the work. You run the business. You have the information. You have success that makes you an authority. If you wait that somebody out there somewhere is going to give you permission to call yourself an authority, you're going to be waiting forever. So the the the, the day X where you become the authority, Dave, what do you think? We'll just grant them that authority today to call themselves the authority. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, I got to pause you right there because you hit on something that I think is fascinating because what I heard you say was, it's really about your own mindset, right? You've got to, you declare your space, you claim that space, I am the authority. And so many folks are afraid, awkward, embarrassed about whatever the head trash is, the limiting beliefs, or even just the visibility. I'm not going to go on LinkedIn or Instagram and say, hey, I'm the authority. Talk to those people and tell them why they should do it and how they could. Yeah, I think that that is a very sensitive point for a lot of people because we are, especially women, are often raised in the let the work speak for itself. You don't need to brag. That's impolite. Why don't you let other people determine the quality of your work? If you just put your head down and you do the right thing, everybody will see that you are amazing. And the truth of the matter is that does not work. That is completely untrue. When I did my interview series, Dave, with a number of CEOs, which I did, you know, during COVID, I asked them, I said, what is it that you are looking for? And they said, what we look for is for people to walk into our office and say, Dave, here's what I'm good at. This is where you can use me. This is my skill set. 
this is where I should be and should, and this is where I can do my best work. Why? Because other people out there don't have the time or the interest to spend that much time with you to do all the research to see on whether or not you're trustworthy. So you yourself have to put yourself out there and say, here is what I'm good at. Here's what we do. Here's why we are the best choice to perform this service for you. And here's why you should be buying from us because there's nobody else out there that will do it for you. I once had a conversation with a photographer and she said to me that she felt that her work was like the pearl in the oyster. And I said to her, good luck waiting for a diver. <laughs> I, I, I don't remember where I heard this, so I can't properly make the attribution, but someone once said, you don't wanna be the, the most unknown authority figure in your industry. You know, you, yeah, I got- mean, what, what's the point? What's the point of that? And so if somebody's listening and watching and saying, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Think about the, the greatest boxer of all times, Muhammad Ali. He became the greatest boxer of all times because he called himself the greatest boxer of all times. And then he put himself within inches of the face of his opponent. And he said, how does it feel for you to lose because you're about to lose big to the greatest boxer of all time? There was nobody out there that called him that, but everybody after he said it picked up that tag and called yeah. him that. So it's kind of like that. You are going to be an authority in your industry beginning right now. Let's talk about how to differentiate because in, in various industries, there may be several voices and figures who are presenting, if they're following your advice, everybody who's listening to this program is going to present themselves as the authority in their particular space. So how do you distinguish yourself and differentiate from everyone else who's trying to do the same thing? Yes. So what makes our company special and why our approach is different than other consultants or experts, which by the way, is a phrase that everybody who is watching or listening needs to be able to answer as well is because we have figured out that the greatest and fastest way to differentiate yourself is to build what we call a signature growth system, where you take all the pieces that you know and the method that that you have, and you make your method the hero. So now it's not, I am the CEO of this company that provides strategic business consulting, but I am a, the growth architect who helps visionaries and thought leaders to grow their authority and scale their impact. And I do that by providing through our proprietary system, the five-star success blueprint, a clear path on how to get there. And so when you are in your language, a lot more specific about the outcome people are achieving and who it is for, instead of these generalizations, I'm a coach, I'm a consultant, I'm an expert, I'm a speaker, I'm, you know, I, I have a store, I provide, you know, I provide uh, certain services in my store for people. When you do that, you sound like everybody else. And that invites, Dave, that invites the dollar for dollar comparison. And if I if I get to pay $150 from a housekeeper, or if I get a housekeeper for $250, if I think that the service is similar, why would I pay $250 if I can get away with paying $150? But if the value proposition, the differentiation factor of the more expensive provider is that they're background check their employees, that they have a guarantee if they break something that they'll replace it, um, they're trustworthy, 
That's meaningful to me because I had a housekeeper once who cleaned out way more than just my house, cleaned out my entire jewelry box and yeah. then, you know, police and the whole nine yards. So it might be worth it for me to pay the extra money for that piece that I need in the extra service. So the differentiation factor to, to wrap this up, the differentiation factor has to be something that is outside of you as the owner, because that's not scalable, but it has to be something about a method or a system on how you do things and only you do things that sounds so different and unique or has a hook or a spin on it that people want to know more because they feel that you are speaking specifically to something that they have an issue with that needs to be solved. Yeah, I, I wanna tease out a fine point in that unique value proposition because I've seen other conversations uh, where you've done uh, and you refer to something as the unapologetic, unapologetic value proposition. Can you explain the difference between your unique value prop and your unapologetic value prop? I love that you picked that up. Yes, the unapologetic value proposition is because there is a part about where people just have such a hard time to talk about, you know, why they're different and what makes them amazing and why they're why they are so special. And we have developed a formula, a pitch formula in the unapologetic value proposition where we actually teach people step by step by step on exactly how to uh, articulate something and position something that you can be unapologetically yours. And the unapologetic comes from one very specific piece. I have found in my career and in my teaching that a lot of times the thing that people put absolutely no value to or are almost a little bit embarrassed about is oftentimes the big differentiation factor. So that's where we came up with the term unapologetic. And I'm going to give you an example. So I have an accent. So I'm originally from Germany. So when I speak, you know, and I'm a strategist, I can come across as, you know, people say intimidating or, or, or tough or opinionated, which is now by design. Because if people assume that somebody who is from Germany already has a certain level of strategy and German engineering running in their blood, then I'm going to make that part of my brand unapologetically because they're already assuming that. So I'm using, you know, something that I might have been conscious about my accent or or how I'm being perceived as this like tough techno prisoner kind of kind of business person. And I'm going to unapologetically own that in my brand by saying, hey, if you want the fluff, you need to go to somebody else. But if you want the information straight up, if you can handle the truth, if you if you want to get the job done, that's when you come to me. So that's how we use the unapologetic value proposition. Nice. And, and tell folks who are watching and listening how they can reach out to the growth architect and uh, take advantage of some of these things you've just shared. Yes. If you uh, seen or heard something that's interesting to you, look me up on uh, all across social media, DM me, reach, reach out to me on LinkedIn or send me an email via my website, beatishillette.com. As I said, we work with visionaries and thought leaders of uh, helping them to grow their authority and scale their impact. And we develop strategies, customized strategies all day long to help businesses to really reach their particular targets. Great. Beata, I want to explore just a little bit more on the uh, 
gaining authority and the visibility component for folks in, in their industry silos. And are there particular characteristics of these individuals that they need to possess? I know you said we're not looking to become you know, Insta stars and, and influencers, but there, there's a component of being, quote, out there, and, and there's a visibility aspect of it. We've got about five minutes to go here in the program, so I want to try and keep this concise. But tell the folks who are watching and listening some of the, the tools and attributes that they need to work on so that they can achieve the kind of authoritative visibility that you're referring to. Yes, um, very good point to finish this this up. The consistency and the quality of the content has to be there. So, yes, you can, to go back to the example of the cat, have your cat do a guest appearance here and there, but please don't try to make your cat famous. Make it about something that is solving a problem for your audience. You need to have a plan. And the plan is which are the outlets that you need to utilize to gain visibility. That is where your clients are. So you don't need to dance on TikTok if TikTok is not where your audience is. If you are in the professional industries, your audience most likely is going to be on something like LinkedIn or, um, or Instagram, sometimes Facebook. But be deliberate about that. Cut the fat. Do not get involved in things that everybody is telling you what to do because that is a bottomless, bottomless black pit where you just lose time, energy, and money. Just focus on the things and be very deliberate on a couple of few pieces where you know your clients are. That is the key. You've got to be where your clients are. Then you have to figure out a campaign or a content plan and saying like, what do I need to say to this audience to be in front of them consistently with the messages that will resonate with them that solve a problem that I know that they're having? Once you have figured out that messaging, that content that needs to be consistently in front of them, you now need to figure out what pieces you need to add to start converting people into the pipeline. We do monthly masterclasses, so everybody can sign up for a free masterclass. And, um, you know, and then we do free education. And then sometimes we have an offer. Sometimes it's just a, a content-driven piece. We do newsletters on LinkedIn. We have a group on LinkedIn. You know, so we do a number of different actions. So then you design these actions that you need to start getting people in your pipeline and start building up trust. And the most important thing is that a lot of this is a long game. It is not a throw one post out and then start converting. It is about having that visibility, that authority, expert status, building that over a period of time. So people say, I really trust this person and now I want to do business with them. Yeah, it takes a lot of time to become an overnight success, right? <laughs> oh my gosh, yes, yeah. doesn't it always, yes. Beata, thank you so much for joining us today. Unfortunately, we're out of time. Uh, hopefully we can have you back another time to continue this conversation, but thanks so much for being here today. Thank you for having me, Dave. It's a pleasure. We've been talking with Beata Chalette, who is the growth architect. Be sure to check out her website 
And again, my name is Dave Bookbinder, and my clients call me when they want to know what their most important assets are worth. You can find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm always happy to have a conversation. Thank you again for watching and listening. Please crush that subscribe button so that you know when this next episode drops. It's usually every week, and we'll look forward to seeing you next time on Behind the Numbers. Take care.